0: Hi, I'm Joanna Roach with the Mariah Mitchell Association, and you are listening to The Nature of Nantucket. I have Bob Kennedy with me, who is the former director of natural science at the MMA and also the longtime leader of our barn owl program. Welcome, Bob.
1: Thank you very much, Joanna. Nice to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to talk to you. So you (laughs) have a really long history with the Mariah Mitchell Association. And how, how many years were you the director of natural science? I
1: was uh, the re- director of natural sciences for nine years.
0: Wow. Wow. And you've been in charge of barn owls for how long? 21 years. Wow. So you really know about barn owls on Nantucket?
1: I would think so. <laughs> so I you- might disagree, but I, I think so.
0: Oh, I don't know about I that. Well, that. why don't we start there? Why don't you tell us a little bit about why barn owls on Nantucket are important and, you know, the, your program that you run and just give us a little overview of that.
1: Well, um, I don't have the dates before me, but Edith Andrews and her family uh, were the first to really document barn owls on Nantucket. And that wasn't that many years ago. You know, I'm guessing maybe in the mid 80s, but again, I don't have the facts before me. But uh, Edith was banding uh, barn owls whenever she came across nesting barn owls. And she and a a former board member of Mariah Mitchell, Granger Frost, Who's actually the founder of our aquarium? He was very interested in birds with Edith and uh, Edith's husband. And uh, they started uh, putting up boxes for barn owls. Uh, Granger actually uh, lives in one of the oldest houses, or lived in one of the oldest houses on Nantucket. And he cut a hole in his attic uh, to get for barn owls to have access to his attic. And he built a box that had a uh, light with a rheostat on it that he could brightened or dim, as he sat, uh, as, as he wanted to. And it had one-way glass in it. And uh, he and Edith Andrews, and I'm hoping the listeners know who Edith is, she's a ornithologist emeritus and uh, Mariah Mitchell emeritus and almost a Mariah Mitchell copy <laughs> for Nantucket. So, uh, but anyway, they would go up in this attic with all these uh, old... 18th century furniture stashed on corners, cobwebs hanging, and they'd sit in chairs and watch the barn owls come and go in the in this box on top in in the attic. And Granger would, uh, and then when they banded or when they uh, had young, Granger had devised a special little hook to go in and kind of grab them by the foot, where he could grab them and then Edith would band them. So that's what really how the banding project started. And, Granger then uh, uh, influenced another person on uh, Nantucket, and again, my sorry, my my uh, names are losing me right now. But he ended up building about thirty or so nest boxes. He was a uh, landscaper and uh, encouraged people to have these boxes on his property, on their property, and so that provided a foundation for the program. When I came in 2001, I started to ban barn owls in 2001 with Edith. And we'd go out together and we'd pull up in, the, in my vehicle and we'd open the back and we'd bring the owls down. We'd sit in the back of the uh, vehicle and ban the barn owls. Well, that led to you know, encouraging people, more people to put up nest boxes. And eventually we formed the present program called the Nantucket uh, Mariah Mitchell Association Barn Owl Nest Box Program. And that was about 2010 or 11 that we found that, that you know, formalized the program with the public. Well, why barn owls on that, Tucker? I think that was your initial question. Barn owls are a species that occurs around the world. In fact, it is the most com- cosmopolitan bird almost in the world. There may be three or four other species that are as cosmopolitan. They occur in Australia and all the, all the major continents. But they live in a uh, a ring around the world, uh, and they can't live much farther north than Nantucket. So Nantucket is at the northern limit of their range. And it just so happens that basically the, the limit in our area is where the glacier reached, you know, the, the glacier that formed Nantucket. They don't occur regularly on the Cape, although... A global warming, there, there there's a tendency now. we're getting some records from there, but no nesting records that I'm aware of. So uh, but Nantucket is a unique place because it's uh, there's lots of mice on Nantucket. It's a great habitat, and the barn owls have thrived there because of the milder winters than that they might encounter elsewhere in Massachusetts or in this band. And so Martha's Vineyard actually shares a pretty sizable population. And that's probably 99% of the population in Massachusetts is Martha's Vineyard and Nantucket. And with occasional nesting out on, uh, you know, the the smaller islands between Nantucket and uh, Martha's Vineyard.
0: All right. And so how many owl boxes would you say we have on island right now? And and I know you come and you do a census and you track the baby birds. Talk a little bit about how that works.
1: Okay. uh, We currently have probably about 70 boxes that are on Nantucket. Not all of them are in the program uh, because it is a sponsorship program. People have to kind of sponsor their nest box. And uh, some people say, well, we don't necessarily need to sponsor. We'll just take care of ourselves. But the ones that we monitor uh, or construct, we visit three times a year in May, June, and then again in September. And we... uh, uh, if there are adults or young in there, we'll ban the young and adults. We'll put fish and wildlife leg bands on them. And that helps us to monitor the population on the island. For the most part, our barn owls stay on Nantucket. They don't leave Nantucket in general. We have had records at Martha's Vineyard. We've had a couple of records on the Cape. And one very mysterious record came in that we haven't been able to confirm. One was found in, che- one was reported from Chesapeake, Virginia, uh, which would have been a fantastic record. But what I, you know, there, we haven't confirmed that that actually was where it was found. So with the sponsorship program, we take care of the boxes minimally. And I do this with Edith Andrews and um, Mitch Blake. And he's a master carpenter and uh, awesome, you know is a born educator, you know, he's a natural educator. Anyway, so let's get back to what was the, that's where Al owl, barn Als are from.
0: Yes. Okay. All right. So that, so folks who want to be part of that program can go to the Ryan Mitchell website and learn about it and uh, be in contact with us. I also wanted to ask you about ospreys. I okay. know that you also have a particular interest in them. Let's talk about that for a moment.
1: Well, I've, Personally, just going back in my history, I studied ospreys in the Chesapeake Bay for my master's degree starting in 1970. So now I'm at uh, 52 years of monitoring and studying ospreys uh, uh, in the US. When I came to Nantucket, I started the, uh, you know, an adopted osprey program and uh, we started to monitor the ospreys on the island. And over the years, the population has ranged from maybe, or at least in the years that I've been there, uh, somewhere between 15 and 25 pair. Originally, uh, ospreys had not been recorded on Nantucket until a few osprey artificial poles were established out at Cascada Pond. And the first osprey nested out there back, again, I don't remember offhand the dates, but we're looking at more than 30 years ago or even maybe 35 years ago. And gradually, as more poles were put up, the ospreys took to those poles and built that population that we have now. In fact, they were never known to nest on trees during, you know, from the time that first pole went up until maybe five or six years ago but now they're beginning to nest on trees on Nantucket. And so you can find them in in more natural settings. And out at Eel Point, one actually nests on the ground out at Eel Point, which normally they don't do if there are suitable nesting structures for them. But for one reason or another, that pair decided to nest on the ground out there. And it's okay on Nantucket because we lack a lot of the ground predators that are found elsewhere. Outside of Nantucket, we don't have raccoons or we might now, I guess, have been hearing rumors and other predators like skunks, uh, fox and things like that. So the, uh, we, we were banding the ospreys. And uh, at one point, we actually uh, were spot- We received a donation to put satellite transmitters on uh, two of our ospreys. Both of them came from actually from out of Cascada Pond. And the first one uh, was, uh, we called him Mr. Hannah. And uh, Mr. Hanna was fascinating because none of us had tracked Ospreys before. I knew, I had colleagues that have tracked them. But we caught uh, Mr. Hanna, put a satellite transmitter on him, and we followed him down into the Amazon, into Brazil. He actually ended up in Brazil. And we saw him basically through satellite imagery. Uh, We saw him in this very small area of uh, uh, the Amazon basin. And then uh, about three or four weeks before he was supposed to arrive on Nantucket, he left there and arrived back on on Nantucket on his Osprey platform in uh, Cascada Pond. And so we were able to track him that whole way uh, back across the Caribbean, up through the greater Antilles, Cuba, Florida, and up the coast. And that was a tremendous story for a lot of the folks on Nantucket. And we wanted to, you know, at the time, we had a number of questions about uh, ospreys. Where did they go in the wintertime? And where were they foraging on Nantucket? Because there was indications that the birds on the eastern side of the island were not as uh, producing as many young as those on the west side of the island. And we found out through Mr. Hanna and then our second bird, Senior Bones, uh, which was named by one of the grade school kids at Nantucket Elementary School, we had a naming contest and uh, Senior Bones uh, did basically the same thing. He went down to Columbia though and spent the, the winter in Colombia, and um, came back and ended up back on his nest site. But both of those birds showed us that they were actually flying to the west side of the island to forage. And if you take a, as the crow flies or as the osprey flies from Cascada to Madiket, you're looking at a good 10 miles. And an osprey flies at about 20 miles an hour, 25 miles an hour, so it would take them an hour just in commuting from where they were feeding to bringing food back uh, to the nest. Well, those birds were using a tremendous amount of energy just in that commute. And by the time they got back, with would pray. the males always eat part of the fish first. And then they offer it to the female, and if, there's, if the female is starving, she'll eat it first, and then she feeds the young. But what happened is, by the time he got back, he would eat his share, she would eat her share, and then there was nothing left for the chicks. And we watched them starve to death, in many cases, one right after another. So that telemetry work really showed us what was going on on the island. Wow. Uh, you know, we're surrounded by water, but they weren't fishing in the, in the sound. They weren't fishing in the ocean.
0: Wow. And so, well, first of all, these birds are well-traveled. I mean, uh, uh, they must not have spent all that long on Nantucket if they had to get down to South America at 25 miles an hour.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, they, uh, you know, they are, I, I saw a Facebook post yesterday from Karen Beatty, Karen Combs Beattie. Yeah. She saw an osprey. And one of the fun things we were doing uh, with the Osprey program is whenever the first Osprey arrived on Nantucket, that was officially declared the first day of Nantucket spring. Well, it came in yesterday, the 22nd. So, you know, it was, and every year they come back almost exactly that same time. So,
0: that is um, very interesting. uh, I love that. And
1: here they come from South America and they arrive back almost the same day. Right. You know, we've, we've had pairs of birds that have come in, you know, almost, they're, they're, they're living in different places in South America. They might be a thousand miles apart in South America. And yet they leave and they arrive back on Nantucket within a couple of days. of Wow.
0: Now, tell me a little bit more about the babies. So if this has been a trend, ha, you know, has their hunting styles changed and are more babies surviving or is this still a problem?
1: It's still a problem. The east side is still having poorer reproduction. Okay. And I I think uh, they're feeding largely in the ponds. And I think that the uh, resources uh, in the ponds can vary depending upon how many local human fisher people are using the ponds. Uh, And the resources can be depleted uh for them you know ponds are finite they don't have there's no fish moving in them from other places except a long pond so um you know it's it's sad because you'll see three healthy young and then all of a sudden two and then all of a sudden none you know one and then none but uh, we have more osprey platforms out there than we have nesting birds and they are beginning to increase in numbers so like any uh population of organisms they uh They have cyclic populations, once they reach carrying capacity, they're fine. But if they go beyond carrying capacity, then there's starvation or some adjustment takes place.
0: All right. um, We're shifting gears. I just wanted to talk a little bit about your um, illustrious running career. Right. I am so impressed with the marathons that you run. Uh, we talked a little bit about this before we started our, our podcast, but you have how many this year? This year? Yeah. Uh, What's your schedule?
1: <laughs> well, as I mentioned, I've got I've done I did two in the last two weeks and I have four or five or six coming up every one every weekend through early May. Wow.
0: Including including, the Boston Marathon.
1: Including the Boston Marathon.
0: Wow. Wow. And how many did you run last year? Uh, I ran
1: about 16 last year.
0: 16. This is pretty impressive, Mr. Kennedy (laughs) or Dr. Kennedy, right? (laughs) That is really amazing. And I wanted to just wish you well in Boston and look forward to um, if you send us your bib number, we will track you and root for you here at the MMA. Sounds good all right if you have been listening i am joanna roach i'm with the mariah mitchell association our podcast is called the nature of Nantucket, and we've been speaking to dr bob kennedy who was formerly the director of natural science and now runs our barn owl program and who will be coming to visit us on island soon very soon huh bob in a few weeks
1: in a few weeks yes all
0: right well i will see you then thank you for chatting with me today
1: okay you take care